This is Eric Corey. The latest fad of political discourse is this issue of gender identity. And I say it's a fad because it will be short-lived. Like many of the previously earth-shatteringly important issues of the day, this too will pass when its usefulness has been exhausted. But right now, it's extremely useful in keeping people distracted and in conflict. And that this issue affects an imperceivably infinitesimal portion of the population, well, that tells you everything you need to know about the intent of the people pressing the cause. These loud voices admonishing us for not understanding the importance of an issue that concerns a fraction of 1% of the citizenry have a much different agenda than what they would have you believe. And that this has risen to this level of in-your-faceness is easy to understand. I mean, it has to be presented as in-your-face because of its insignificance in reality. It's a fact that some children struggle with gender identity, but it occurs in a very small percentage of children if left to their own devices. And that has been taken up as a cause to scream about. Well, that only serves to exacerbate the problem. See, children's brains are so malleable that you can make anything stick if you get to them soon enough and press it hard enough over a sustained period of time. There are 100,000 more valuable lessons to be teaching our developing children and pressing into their minds than so controversial an issue. And to be using this issue to mold the minds of our children and placing it at the top of that list that needs to be taught, well, to me, that represents a smoking gun that exposes the, the deceit of it all. But why would someone do that? Poisoning the minds of our children with the rarest of toxins? Instead of feeding them nutrition of less controversial and, and more traditional lessons? And why would public schools be the ones taken to this cause so adamantly, full knowing that it would cause such a ruckus and, and such division? And when I speak of public schools, teachers in general, I'm not referring to the people teaching on the front lines of the classrooms. I know too many of these people, and they have a thankless job that is getting more thankless by the day. When I use the term teachers, I speak of the organized teachers' unions and government offices that own and operate this industry. Please note the distinction. Or you can listen to one of my previous podcasts entitled Teaching Teachers, where I speak of my utmost admiration for teachers' unions and how they have so effectively managed to dominate the political discourse by using their absolute unity and higher IQs to, to rule the country. Teachers' unions are everywhere in every state, and they have become the largest power brokers this country has ever seen. The teachers have national unions both inside and outside of government, and they all work in complete unison. Teachers' unions prove my point that with a proper level of organizing, anything is possible. But the teachers' unions have not only achieved this level of lockstep organization, well, they are so seamlessly linked with government that the extent of their power is astounding. Well done, teachers' unions. You guys killed it. So now, what are you going to do with all that political dominance? Because with great power comes great responsibility. So what responsible thing are you going to do with all this power that you guys now wield? Are you going to make this nation a better place by teaching our children the positive lessons of our nation's brief but rich history? a history of unparalleled success and how our model of governance has improved lives and the human condition throughout the world? Are you going to teach our children how to read and comprehend proper English or of the beautiful complexities of math and the arts? But sadly, no, with, with all that great power, the teachers are teaching our children nothing of the sort, ignoring the vast potential they possess to teach of hope and, and prosperity and common sense. They are instead using that great power to discredit and dismantle all that came before them. Recently introduced into the national curriculum of our public schools are the concepts of victimhood and oppression. Now, I'm not making any of this stuff up. It's in the published and approved curriculum of many states to teach our children that the color of your skin determines your fate in life and that your country is guilty of crimes for which there is no forgiveness and that you're the victim of your parents' inexperience because they aren't smart enough to know that you're having issues with your sexuality. 
Now, I'm not normally one to use a broad brush to paint an entire industry one color, and I know that this is not the core of what lessons are being taught, and I know there's some reading and writing and arithmetic going on in schools. I don't want to come off as some fool overlooking the obvious. But there's this new approach to teaching that is taking the profession by storm, and it's sold as the quest for a greater awareness of the world around us. But it's being taught by incompetents who cannot accomplish the basic job for which they're being paid to do. So now, with all that power and authority, they're presenting this new curriculum that features the highly controversial and infinitely reckless lessons that focus on teaching victimhood and oppressor. Lessons of division and hatred. And oh yeah, they also want to teach your third grader about dildos. I know teachers aren't stupid. I mean, after all, they're teachers. So what gives? Why would they spend so much time pushing issues like gender identity and how to become a victim instead of the job they were assigned to do, like teaching reading and writing American history and math. Public school teachers are a complete abject and let me show you in writing failure at the job for which they were assigned. Their inability to teach the basics is biblical and disappointment and the numbers are horrendous. The public schools are responsible for these epic failures. Well, they're run by unionized organizations that answer to no one. Teachers unions, they run a show with complete autonomy and as such, These failures are all their own. There is no one else to blame for the appalling numbers but the people who run the show and create these outcomes. So it's no wonder they want to distract us. And they figure to do it by selecting the most controversial issue possible so that we'll overlook the shocking level of breakdown of their teaching of the basics. My different story here is that gender identity questions are nothing more than a convenient distraction, literally conjured up to create such a disturbance that we won't want to talk about anything else, especially the numbers, because there's something, something more urgent to talk about than the numbers. They're trying to indoctrinate our children with gender dysphoria and racism. What a genius scheme to hide from your epic incompetence. Given the unlimited funding you receive to do the job of teaching our children, well, we should be a nation of geniuses, not illiterate eighth graders. It's no wonder you need to pull out all the stops to distract our attention. We are forced to argue these toxic topics that you plan on the front lines of the discussion to slow us down from seeing the bottom line. The decline in proficiencies in the big three disciplines of reading, writing, and math, these numbers are in free fall and not something that any teachers' unions would want you to see, much less discuss. So they, by necessity, create a distraction so offensive and so infuriating that we can't ignore it and will, for a time, not address the cause of the collapse of the public school system. And because they have the political cover that they purchased using the compulsory funding from rank-and-file teachers, well, they can do whatever they want with our children's education. Teachers' unions, they use this endless flow of money to purchase the influence they wield in ever-increasing volume. And I know how conspiratorial that sounds, but that's just how it works. I'm simply presenting the obvious. This has to be the reason for their over-the-top insistence on promoting something that is so clearly misdirected and off-base. I mean, sexual identity is not in the purview of teaching. It is so far away from any of the core subjects for which they were trained to teach and infinitely more complicated. Now, those having difficulty with sexual identity are dealing with a psychological issue that warrants professional treatment. But that's not to say that there's some ailment here or or psychosis. It's a normal matter for a very, very small percentage of children that question their sexual identity. There is nothing untawdry or offensive in the slightest, when a person has questions when their natural desires are in conflict with their birth gender. Some work through these issues on their own, and many seek professional counseling. There is nothing fundamentally wrong with that child. But the unionized public school teachers do not have the training or the expertise to be helping a child deal with such issues. I mean, they can refer them to the school counselor, but they should not be teaching a course on the subject. 
And besides, they have English and math that they need to be teaching instead of something completely outside of their assigned duty, and so clearly an issue for the parents. Staying in your lane, I believe, is the current metaphor to be used here. That's not what the teacher unions are doing. They are standing together in the position that gender identity is something that they are better prepared and better suited to be teaching your children. And once again, I'm not making any of this up or taking a small representation of facts and trying to amplify a small piece of truth for sensationalism. This is now the stated position of public school administrators nationwide. And if you've been paying attention for more than a minute, you've heard all about it. You see, so important is the teaching of sexual identity that people in opposition to the approach or who even question the methods or the motives of the teachers' unions, well, they're losing their jobs and their businesses and their livelihoods at the hands of these all-powerful unions. Gender identity has suddenly become the sacred cow of education, and they use the blunt force of their overwhelming power to silence dissent. The teachers' unions are expecting us to completely forget about the fact that they are so miserably failing at their basic job of properly educating our public school children, and that now we should grant them control of an entirely new subject of sexual identity for them to equally fuck up. That's the argument to be made, but the teachers' unions have so skillfully set this trap that we've all fallen into. Instead of talking about the absurdity of their hard-over position on teaching gender identity, we should be talking about replacing the failing public school systems with something that actually works. The proper retort to all this is get your priorities straight. Help your classroom teachers teach the basics and leave the other stuff to the parents. Because reading and writing competency scores for eighth graders has been in a steady decline for decades. How about answering that question before insisting on teaching our children the proper care and cleaning of a butt plug? Sorry about that. Now, admittedly, I cherry-picked what may be the most offensive element of the curriculum being taught maybe in an effort to bring some levity into an otherwise uh, infuriating conversation. See, I just think this is the best example to give to explain the idiocy of it all. Now, I can document this in both California and Illinois schools, and I'm guessing it also exists in other places, but it's a for real part of the curriculum that public school administrators think they should be teaching your second and third grader the proper care and cleaning of a butt plug. That is not a joke. Now, before you can discuss the proper care and cleaning of a butt plug to a pre-adolescent, you must first explain the purpose of a butt plug. The care and cleaning is irrelevant to a child who does not first understand the concept of its use. And the concept of explaining or teaching sexual positioning or sexual taste and practices is so far to the scope of a public teacher's area of expertise and so far away from the limits of their training, they, they might as well be teaching kung fu. And the potential of permanently scarring a child by improperly teaching something for which you have no professional training would be considered malpractice if not for the protection afforded teachers' unions by a compliant government. Now, the acronym that headlines these lessons is LBGT. Now, the first three, lesbianism, bisexual, and gay, all refer to sexual preferences. And sexual preferences are not something that can be taught. And therein lies the biggest problem. You see, combined with their lack of training on the subject is the basic concept that these are natural occurring tendencies. And having an untrained individual insisting that they train your elementary school child such concepts can so easily turn into grooming. And because of the malleable nature of these pre-adolescent brains, the potential grooming aspect of teaching such things in public school is far more dangerous than any stated benefit that may or may not occur. The greatest objection to all of this is the insistence that the public teachers' unions have that teaching these subjects should start in kindergarten. Teaching a kindergarten about gender identity is akin to trying to teach them calculus before the basics of addition and subtraction. It's not only ignorance in the extreme, it's impossible and absolutely unnecessary. 
Now, I'm old enough and experienced enough in life to know many members of the LBGT community. And my experience has been that they're just normal people with untraditional sexual preferences. There's nothing odd or different or even queer about them. They are from all walks of life and seamlessly work and live among us without notice. And most just want to be left alone and free to express their own naturally occurring sexual preferences. It's hard to imagine that the large majority of LBGTers support the teaching of these things to first and second graders. And the division that all this is causing does not serve the LGBT community in the slightest. The long-fought battle of gay men and lesbian women to normalize their lifestyles without issue or notice is being undone by the shameless use of these people as pawns in the public school union's game of distraction. Which brings me again back to the contention of all this, that this is just a huge distraction to keep us from seeing the truth of their abject failure to do the job for which they're being paid and to stop anyone from finding reasons to slow down their endless requests for more money. I would agree that sexual education has a place in public school teaching. I mean, I would be an idiot to suggest otherwise. But the insistence on teachers of teaching such things to children who cannot possibly comprehend the complexities of sexual preferences or identity cannot be reasonably argued no matter how many times you call me a bigot or a homophobe. Which reminds me of my favorite quote of mine, that name-calling is the weapon of choice for those who cannot make a cogent argument in support of their position. The solution to this problem is simple. Stop falling into the trap set by these teachers' unions by arguing the tenets of an issue that is so clearly out of bounds for public school teaching that it just makes us all look like idiots for even entertaining such an obvious front. Let's just bring it back to the basics. Before we give public school teachers the permission to teach our preteens how to properly use a condom, well, they must first demonstrate their ability to properly execute the intercourse of basic education. This is Eric Corey. Thank you once again for listening.